Good morning, witches. This is the Witch Daily Show, coming to you from New Orleans, with host Tanya Brown. Our episodes span about 20 minutes long to give you just a little pop of magic. So, tune in, take a deep breath, and enjoy. Good morning. It is June 5th, 2023. It is Monday. I am Tanya, and this is the Witch Daily Show. Today's episode is brought to you by me. It's by me. It's just me today. Um, so let's get your take going with a little magic. Our quote of the day is, you get in life what you have the courage to ask for by Oprah Winfrey. So, what are we drinking today? We are drinking the new tea from Sip a Spell. It is practical magic inspired. It is called Owen's Garden Gate, and it is a lavender, lemon, butterfly, pea flower tea. So, a little lavender for luck. The Owens family is known for their healing and abundant garden on Magnolia Street. And this tea captures their magic. As the tea brews, watch as it changes from blue to purple, a magic only the Owens apothecary could achieve. So, basically, we all saw there was like this trend a while back where people would brew butterfly pea flower, which brews blue, and then they would add um, something acidic and turn it purple. Well, I was like, that's cool and everything, but what if it just did it on its own? right? Like, what if I just put the right herbs together and you don't have to go, ooh, blue, and then add something and boom, purple. What if it just did that automatically? So when you use this tea, as you put it in your mug, it is instantly blue. It does not brew blue. It is instantly blue. And then as it brews, it turns into a beautiful lavender purple color. So all of that magic with none of the work. I did all the food science for you. And um, I'm so psyched because I don't think this exists anywhere else. Like this was purely my idea and I figured it out and I formulated it. So I don't know if any other tea does where it's blue immediately and then turns purple. So I think I just nailed something. I don't know. Like not to give my not to give myself so much credit, but I'm very proud of myself. I put a lot of thought and work into it. So what is in this tea, one may ask? It is an herbal. So it's caffeine free. It has apple pieces for sweetness, lemongrass, rose hips, because under the roses, uh, lavender for luck, uh, orange, natural lemon, uh, blue cornflowers, and dried lemon peel. Um, oh, and then, of course, the butterfly pea flower powder. So um, let's talk a little bit about the butterfly pea. What is it? Maybe you haven't heard of it. Um, this comes to us from ButteredUpsideDownBlog.com. 
So in recent years, you've probably seen more and more butterfly pea recipes popping up on the internet at drinks at restaurants or tea shops. And it's not difficult to see why it's popular. The color is uh, very vibrant and then it can actually change colors. So yeah, it's blue. It brews blue. Pea flower just brews blue. Um, And so you can brew the pea flower and then give it a squirt of lemon or lime juice and it'll turn purple, which is really cool. But of course, like I said, I made the tea so you don't have to do all that and it'll just do the magic for you. All you have to do is sit there and look at it. Um, It's really neat and cool. So like it says, it starts out blue and it can change to purple if you add lemon juice. I put the lemon peels in the tea. So as the tea brews, the hot water naturally releases the lemon oil. So again, it's instantly blue and then the lemon oil releases and then does the color changing and it turns purple. I'm very proud of this. Can you not tell? I'm just proud. Um, so anyways, it is on sipaspell.com. Uh, I only did a small batch of it. So I think because I announced it on the Facebook and the Patreon early. I think there's only like 30 left. So go check it out. I will replenish as time comes. And I act, yeah, I, I won't say more. I won't say more. I won't say more. But this week we will be talking about blue pea flower. So we're going to talk about the um, tea and the uh, herbal benefits and... Uh, I heard it makes you very sleepy, which I'm just sleepy all the time, so I didn't get that, but we're going to look into all that. We're going to see what's up with that. Um, I'm super psyched. I'm just very, I'm so excited. I'm so excited because it was just like such my idea and I'm very proud of myself. That's all. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And people make lattes out of it too. Gorgeous. Can you imagine a beautiful like purple latte? Anyways, uh, moving on to some headlines. This comes to us from discovermagazine.com. Why we believe the supernatural causes natural events. So supernatural, religious, and um, mythical beliefs are a normal part of the human culture. And every society, as long as human history has been recorded, people have explained all manner of phenomena in the world as a way of divine intervention or some supernatural agenda. Ancient societies believed that they had to sacrifice innocent people to please gods to bring rain, while today some people blame natural disasters on the perceived moral discretions of their peers. So why do we do this? This actually happened recently. Um, Sensitive subject, trigger warning for Hurricane Katrina, but um, now I'm from Florida, right? So we're very hurricane prone as well. So when Hurricane Katrina happened, everyone was just sympathetic and worried and shocked, you know? Um, However, I've had had a friend who moved up north and he told me he overheard people saying that like, it was because of people's behaviors that Hurricane Katrina happened. And I just, so there was a lot of people who believed that, like, it was divine intervention that Hurricane Katrina happened to, like, punish people. And because I'm from Florida, who, while, yes, have people who think that way, because we're so hurricane prone, I didn't hear 
anyone utter anything like that. So I've seen this happen. So there's the God of the gaps idea. Scientists, philosophers, and theologians have asked themselves this question, why some arriving at the God of gaps hypothesis. The basic idea is that people tend to infer supernatural explanations to phenomena they don't understand. And this is what I was taught in elementary school when we talked about like mythology and gods and religion. That was how my teacher explained it to me. When people just don't know what something is, they attribute it to gods. Then there is the social versus natural supernatural events. So along this line of reasoning, a group of psychologists asked if across human societies, people were more likely to invoke supernatural explanations for natural occurring phenomena or socially occurring phenomena. So researchers thought people might be more likely to use supernatural explanations for natural events as opposed to social events such as theft and murder. Um, that's because there's often a clear causal agent in the social cases, whereas natural events typically lack a single force we can point at. And I think that's what it is. Something I've learned in my 30-something years is people do not like things they cannot easily explain. And this is why I think there was such a hysteria when COVID happened, right? And why so many people were like, like, people hadn't watched the uh, scientific method occur, and they couldn't understand why we didn't know something one day and then know it the next day, like, because they had never witnessed that. So, when they're, like, asking scientists, like, well, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And when, when the scientists are like, we just don't know yet. We're in the middle of figuring this out. They're like, no, 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 can't have that. But you, so you don't know, but do you know who does know? Jim Bob with his middle school education on YouTube. He knows what's going on. So I'm going to go listen to him. And so we, we, we've seen it, right? People don't like chaotic things. And so they're more comfortable with the idea that humans do shitty things, but the chaoticness of nature cannot exist, right? So. That's why everyone's like, it was a um, a government plan. It was a blah, 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 because it's easy or, well, my life sucks because of um, the lizard people and the celebrities and the Illuminati because it's easier to, it's it's more comforting. I'll say comforting. It's more comforting to believe that bad things happen because people are choosing bad things to happen versus bad things happen because the world is random and chaotic. That's so un that's so uncomfortable, right? And that's why a lot of us are in spirituality, because it's more comforting to think we can find the rhyme and reason. You know what I mean? Um, I believe that my spirituality, my witchcraft, uh, provides me a rhyme and a reason. I'm comfortable with that, and I study it, and I uh, have dedicated my life to it, you know? Um, but there's people but – here's the thing, but I also believe in randomness. I also believe – and that's why um, toxic positivity is so crappy of like, well, you know, your boyfriend wouldn't have beat you up if uh, you weren't subconsciously asking for it. No. No, sometimes shitty things just happen. And I understand that people, I understand people are uncomfortable with that idea. The human race is uncomfortable with the idea that sometimes things are just chaotic and random and unfair. And they would rather say, no, it's unfair because there's a secret conspiracy of lizard people. 
it's unfair because, um, you know, people don't just get abused and it won't happen to me because I'm not doing the things to cause, like, you know what I mean? People are just so afraid of the idea that the world can sometimes just be random and chaotic. So that is what basically the social versus natural, uh, line of reasoning is. It's, um... I can't accept that a tsunami or a hurricane wiped out millions of people. There must be a supernatural reason. They must have done something because I won't do that thing because that makes that is what these people think because it makes them more comfortable to believe because it's too scary, right? It's too scary that you can just be wiped out one day. So they have to for uh, to fill that cognitive dissonance of discomfort. They have to tell themselves no, um, I won't be randomly wiped out like those other people because those other people were bad. You know what I mean? And that's how people think. And that's how we get such shitty fucking <laughs> people in this world. Anyways, were you asking for that rant today? Were you? Um, sorry. I don't know what happened. I have a lot of feelings. I'm someone with a lot of feelings, you know, and I have been really told that that's not okay a lot in my life. And I like that I'm passionate and I like that I care and I like that I stand up and I say the things I think. And I might be wrong. Someone may send me an email and like, Tanya, you actually had this wrong. And I'm like, oh my gosh, cool. Thank you for updating me or correcting me. So now I can just be passionate towards the right thing. I'm just very passionate and I don't mind saying things that I think might make people uncomfortable because sometimes... Sometimes it is that uncomfortableness that breeds change. I didn't thought I didn't think we'd be talking about this today, but I'm going to throw this over to our moon correspondent and after this break we will talk more. Hello to all of my astro friends. This is Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, coming at you with your daily moon mantra for Monday, June 5th. The waning gibbous moon moves from the philosophies of Sagittarius to the cold, hard facts of Capricorn today. Here, the moon trines Jupiter. A trine to Jupiter can bring with it a rather boisterous mood boost. We're feeling confident today, ready to take on the world. The trine is in Earth signs, so our focus is on getting something done. Jupiter in Taurus is guiding your hand in financial matters, and the moon in Capricorn is setting your sights high on financial goals. Take some time to take a look at money matters today. With the optimism of Jupiter and the pragmatism of Capricorn, we're sure to make money moves that are both lucky and practical. Your daily moon mantra is, Today is your opportunity to build the tomorrow that you deserve. This has been your daily moon mantra with Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, signing off and reminding you that you are in charge of your own destiny. Are you ready to unlock your intuition? Is tarot just not working out for you? Introducing a four-part class on the Normand Oracle reading. Join us on a transformative journey into the captivating world of Lenormand, a truly unique and powerful reading system. What sets Lenormand apart? Unlike other divination methods, Lenormand provides precise and detailed insights into your life, relationships, and future events. 
This four-part Lenormand Oracle reading class is tailored for those seeking a niche, specialized skill. Discover how to interpret Lenormand cards with precision, read dynamic spreads, and tap into your innate intuition like never before. Enroll now and unlock the hidden secrets of your destiny. Our four-part Lenormand Oracle reading classes begin in July, so sign up now at tanyabrown.schedulista.com. That's T-O-N-Y-A brown.schedulista.com. All right, we are back. So we have a question from one of our listeners, Jess Jensen. Jess says, I want to know more about Appalachian or different types of North American folk magic. I'm really interested to read the book, The Swallows, that was mentioned on the podcast. I wonder if the story has some elements of this in it as well. Yes. So um, we're going to talk about both. We're going to talk about like Appalachian folk magic. Uh, we taught, we had um, a guest on recently who talked about uh, the Ozarks. So he talks about his book. So you can always check that out. Um, but yes, The Swallows, which is a fiction book. Um, wonderful reviews have been pouring in. I'm in awe. Um, but yes, it touches on folk magic. Um, North American folk magic and specifically the magic people of a really tiny impoverished town will um, conjure to uh, get what they want in their lives. It's really neat. So let's talk a little bit about Appalachian folk magic. This comes to us from learnreligions.com and Patty Wingington. Appalachian folk magic and granny witchcraft. So Patty writes, many of today's modern witchcraft traditions are rooted in the folk magic customs of days gone by. In America's Appalachian Mountain region, there's a long and storied tradition of magic that today is referred to as granny magic or granny witchcraft. Passed down from one generation to the next, women of the hills used a combination of religious texts, traditional herbal medicine, and down-home remedies to treat their neighbors for a variety of complaints. Of course, we know not only um, women did this, but it was very popular with, like, grannies, right? People who were the ones used to uh, cultivating the home and keeping everyone nourished and uh, healthy. So the history of Appalachia itself is the history of granny witchcraft. Although the name is relatively new, the customs go back a long time. A combination of folk magic, faith healing, and superstitions, granny magic was often the only source of aid for people in remote, isolated regions. So, as European settlers arrived in the colonies during the 18th century, they brought with them the traditional folk magic and healing uh, modalities of their home countries. Primarily women, these healers used the concepts they'd learned in Scotland, England, and Ireland. Once they settled in, they met with their indigenous neighbors who um, taught them how to use the plants and the roots that were indigenous to where they were settled in North Carolina, Tennessee, beyond. And they also blended their practice with uh, German immigrants who arrived in Pennsylvania and began migrating south and west. Soon, they began incorporating the knowledge brought to the mountains um, by enslaved uh, people, uh, bringing with them kind of uh, folk African traditions as well. So when people say that, like, um, American folk magic is a true version of a melting pot folk magic, because you have the settlers 
or the colonists, the um, indigenous people who had already figured out this land, figured out how to uh, live off it and heal with it. And then you have enslaved people who uh, brought with them their beliefs. And it kind of cultivated into um, – I, so I, I don't want to – incorrectly say hoodoo but i know that's how i typically view hoodoo i i view, view southern hoodoo as that mix of the poor white folk magic the indigenous and then the um enslaved uh people who brought their african uh folk remedies as well and um you know people when desperate use whatever they can against the oppressor right so you have um, enslaved people who are going to use their knowledge and their um, beliefs to fight against what they're experiencing. Um, you have uh, indigenous people who are experiencing, you know, genocide, who are going to use, who are going, you know, and then all these traditions are going to mix together and create something new. And uh, it's really fascinating. So traditional magic included a lot of different practices, dowsing, the practice of looking for water with forked sticks. Um, let's see. This was a very valuable skill to have if you or your neighbors needed to dig a new well. I guess I never thought about that. I never thought about, like, what if you just need water? It never occurred to me. Um, that's so interesting. So, and then we have... Uh, Divination with the remains of tea or coffee grounds. I think tassiography. So many of the magic traditions of the mountains share some common ground with the folk magic found in other parts of the world. Depending on what part of Appalachia someone lives in and the traditions that have been handed down from one generation to another, a practitioner of this magic might follow a variety of practices. Like we just said, depending on... Um, who was there originally, who was brought in, who settled there is going to affect the type of magic in the different areas. So it's really interesting. If this is something you have more questions about or you want to learn more about, uh, definitely check out Brandon's book. We interviewed Brandon on the podcast a few weeks ago. And his book, let me see, I am pulling up. Because I can't remember anything ever. Ozark Folk Magic by Brandon Weston. Check it out. All right, witches. We are wrapping up this episode of the Witch Daily Show. I have a shout out for listener Kelly Corrado. Kelly, you bombastic, luminous sunflower. Kim Bose, you charming, beautiful vampire slayer. Kim Dunn, you playful, wicked butterfly, and Chris Adoran, you opulent celestial starfish. Thank you for so much being Patreon supporters. I really, really appreciate it. And before we leave, we do have a card and some housekeeping. So, for housekeeping, let's see. Oh, um, live show tomorrow, 9 p.m. Eastern. 8 p.m. Central. I had to change the dates around because literally everyone I've ever met is visiting this month. So my weekends are packed. 
So we're just moving around our live stuff just a little bit this month. And uh, let's do our card pull. Our card from the Buffy Tarot, the moon. Haunted by a tragic past, Faith is filled with bravado and denial that make her think she belongs with the other monsters. It wasn't until she reformed that she embraced her calling and unleashed her inner hero, but first she had to heal. Under the influences of the moon, you may similarly be ignoring your own trauma and are now beginning to realize now um, that it might have stunted your emotional growth. Let me tell you one of my problems with this deck, which I absolutely love. It's black text on like dark purple paper. So if your lighting is not amazing, you're not reading this book. So anyways, honest review because I bought, well, I didn't buy this. It was a birthday gift. <laughs> it's not sponsored. I can say anything I want. Mm. So uh, that is my critique. And there was definitely a typo in there, but I can't say nothing because I typo all the time. All right, witches, that's it. Um, I think I talked a lot off the cuff today and I might be a little wrong on some things. Uh, feel free to correct me. I'm always open to um, learning, so uh, don't hesitate. And that's it. Uh, any books, decks, headlines, sources, anything we've mentioned today? Uh, can be found in the episode description and we will talk again tomorrow. We might have a special uh, co-host this week. We'll see. Okay, bye. Witches, we hope you have a wonderful day full of joy and gentleness and confidence. Links for this week's episodes, our website, Patreon, along with a free daily card pull can be found at witchpod.com one stop for everything we talk about. Now, take one more deep breath and have a great day. <laughs>